Welcome to Rethink Retail, the show where we dive into the stories and strategies behind some of the most successful brands on the planet. From brick and mortar giants to e-commerce disruptors, we uncover the secrets to their success and deliver the keys to true retail transformation. So ask yourself, are you ready to rethink retail? The future of retail starts now. Hello, and welcome to Retailer Tech Tips, a Retail Cloud Alliance exclusive podcast. I am your host, Heatha Herzog. I am a retail analyst and professor at Parsons, the new school of design. And today I'm speaking with my guests, Michelle Fisher and Ben Emchin. Michelle Fisher is an experienced professional in the tech sector. She currently leads the marketing data strategy at Microsoft for global retail, consumer goods, and gaming. With past roles at Disney and Amazon, her focus is on consumer-centric solutions using the latest in retail innovations in AI. And Ben is a senior retail implementation consultant at Sunrise Technologies, working on digital transformation with companies across North America. With over a decade of experience, Ben has seen several multi-year nationwide retail application projects from Discovery through Go Live. Welcome to the show, Michelle and Ben. Hello. Thanks for having us. I am so excited to talk to you today. And this is really exciting stuff because we're here at the end of the year, right? December 2023. And obviously, in our world, retail is always a big topic, right? We're always talking about retail. But e-commerce specifically. So I have a big number for everyone. And that is that revenue from e-commerce sales in the US is expected to top 1 trillion in 2024. So there's no denying the e-commerce's growth. Yet brick and mortar still remains the main way that shoppers are shopping and consumers are shopping. But there's this digital transformation that is happening, that is on the horizon. We're seeing it more and more. We see consumers that want to have this in-store experience, yet are shopping with their phones in hand and their iPads in hand and looking to AI to help hone their shopping experience. So we're going to really dig into that in this episode and really see what's on tap for 2024 and beyond. So Michelle, I'm going to start with you. As an industry, we've been hearing so much about this necessity to digitally transform. And it's been happening for years, right? How are retailers transforming differently than maybe a couple years ago? And what's really the the change that everyone is emphasizing now? It's a great question. So retailers are starting to use technology to create new customer experiences, I would say. So rather than just digitizing existing processes, there's really been this shift, especially with everything that the promise of AI and generative AI to create something entirely new for customers, especially with what we've seen in terms of both online and in-store consumer expectations constantly rising and having every single experience that a customer has whether whatever channel that's on, having to be better than the last experience that they had. That's a huge challenge and takes a lot of thought around personalization, which brings me to, of course, that agility that's a necessity in the data estate 
and that pivot to digitally transform the data estate so that it can meet these rising customer expectations and be able to pivot the way that they had to through COVID to whatever is going to come next. I've seen a huge pivot towards retaining existing customers and earning loyalty, building out loyalty programs. It's co- it costs five to 25 times as much to acquire a new customer than it does to retain an existing one. So that need to elevate the customer experience to drive competitive advantage, I've seen those be major points of interest for retailers in how they're thinking about and prioritizing their digital transformation efforts. Ben, the customer experience changes, it seems, so rapidly. Even in the last year, it seems like customers have become more fickle. They've become busier. They want very specific things. Mm-hmm. How, in terms of the implementation of data or in, in just implementing systems to organize the data, to get more data on those customers, to supply and provide a better customer experience, yeah. how has that changed for you? Yeah, the biggest shift that I've seen is being able to pull a whole bunch of disparate data points on a specific customer and really to gather that to help the retailer have a more tailored individual experience for so as opposed to back maybe a decade ago when it was more along the lines of how am I supposed to get the best product mix out there? Now it is how can I give the customer the best experience in store to make sure that they have a lasting impression of my brand? And it feels like the customer is just getting more and more individualized. I'm an 80s kid. I remember that it was really Madison Avenue and advertisers that were dictating what we wanted as young customers and, of course, what our parents were giving to us. That was certainly dictated by the the marketing gods here in New York City. I obviously didn't grow up here in New York City, but it seems like the customer is now really driving that, that ship in terms of what retailers need to provide for the customers for that retention. What are some other key drivers so that that you are seeing that is really transforming retail? Yeah, so the biggest thing in this modern day and age that didn't happen maybe in the 80s or 90s is this ever-increasingly competitive marketplace um, or landscape, right? As opposed to the three different places you could have purchased something back in the day, now you have tons of different options, 10, 15, 20 different places that can sell you a similar product. That's one thing. It turns into how does my brand as a retailer differentiate myself from other brands in the same sector? Some other things with COVID, we saw it with inflation that's going on right now. We're seeing it. Um, How As a brand, am I able to weather the storm through different economic conditions, right? How can I best leverage technology to stay relevant while also handling inflation jumps, handling recessions, handling lockdowns? Like a lot has happened in the past couple of years. So being able to actually handle that and come out the same or better is a big deal. And then 
in the past five, six years or so, we've also seen a lot of brands feed into this whole notion of green retail and and really trying to be sustainable and reduce their carbon footprint, all that kinds of stuff. So I'm seeing a lot of drive to sustainability as well. I am seeing also that retailers need to be extremely nimble, to your point, what you just said. It's that marrying of front end and back end that retailers just need to be able to switch up, have a very specific idea and notion of what is happening product-wise front end and front of house and exactly and know exactly what's happening in the back end and back of house. Never did I think in my life would I get be that customer that when I saw a digital ad being presented to me and then I went to the website and realized that ad or that product that I desperately wanted didn't exist. Michelle, is that a product of a retailer not being able to kind of marry that adequately? And are you seeing that need for retailers to have those two sides of the coin really be able to talk to each other in an efficient way to see this real digital transformation manifest and focus on the consumer? Yeah, you bring up such a good example. I love that example, especially the democratization of data that I was talking about earlier. The visibility of data and the querying and natural language that's coming with generative AI all the way across the C-suite from the CMO to the CIO is where I see this incredible future for retailers. And being able to have those types of experiences relayed and enabling the front line with back-end information. So you're in the store, but you're able to talk to a store associate that already has the information from a knowledge hub that has the democratized data within it so that they can quickly look up your orders. Or for your example, love your example, with supply chain. So we, we, I, I lived my entire life with ads, with ad tech, for example. But this idea around marrying operational data and harmonizing operational data with customer signal data is so exciting in marketing specifically because of that exact scenario. So I, I've had that scenario as well where I've led customers to an out-of-stock detail page. It's a terrible experience. You're calling your agency. You're telling them we need to stop this campaign immediately. But now I see that the future and this agility that's going to start, we're going to see it more and more with the data estate within retailers. You're going to have that visibility as a marketer to be able to say, oh, there's a problem in the supply chain. We need to pause this and do more predictive planning. So you're not spending marketing dollars where they're unnecessary or where they might even drive a bad experience for customers. But when we're talking about digital transformation specifically, that's a lot of the time where my mind goes. And I'm wondering if both of you are actually seeing, we're seeing a lot of more joint business planning than ever before across the C-suites where the CMO is talking to the CIO and the CRO to figure out where these investments need to be made on behalf of the customer, on behalf of the business, what data sources need to be harmonized or connected in order to have these types of outputs. This is really exciting stuff. And I've seen such an acceleration of it over the last year. And to your point too, this um, the ability to have the conversation about data across the C-suite, but also to vendors, to business owners, this is really important as well. 
in the list of things that I do every day, I'm also a senior fellow at the Data Catalyst Institute, which is a think tank in Washington, D.C., and we do a lot of research on small businesses. So we researched and came up with this statistic, which is 90% of small business retailers say that digital sales, web stores, online marketplaces, social media selling, and delivery apps are most important for selling during the holidays. Now, we are in the midst of holiday season right now. It's December 11th. Yes, I had to check the date there. So we're coming to the end of holiday. But Ben, a lot of small businesses are also third-party partners uh, for web stores like Walmart and Amazon. How are you seeing these third-party vendors interact with the data and use their resources? And do they are they utilizing all the solutions that are available to them? Are you finding it hard to communicate everything that is available to them when they go in and try to set up their data stack and wanting to get more information on how their sales are doing, specifically too during this season? Finding the right data stack, as, as, you, as you phrased it, um, is, is really important to being able to obviously best serve the customer um, from both the customer experience as well as from a, a back-end logistics perspective, a data gathering and analysis perspective, and really feeding some of this next-gen tech is all driven by having the data in the correct or transformed format so that it can then be utilized properly. And really, the way that I understand it, the purpose of these third-party partners, such as like the company that I work for or Microsoft Consultancy Services, the groups that really help to drive these decisions with, with clients, with customers, it's our job to bring not only um, knowledge of the products themselves, but also insights into the industry, what other um, companies within the sub-vertical are doing. And Again, going back to this whole stack concept, right? We have the experience with different credit card processors, different loyalty management programs. It's our job to understand the landscape and then bring that concept to the client to help them better inform us on what they want to do. Let's talk about the landscape a little bit because that landscape really is technology driven. Mm -hmm. And Michelle, I know you have such a vast knowledge on AI. And I have to say, you're, what Microsoft is doing on the AI front is just mind blowing. We're seeing it all over the news, obviously, and then just having conversations with you and your counterparts at Microsoft. But how important, AI, yes, but are there other technology silos that retailers must need to know about in order for this digital transformation to take place. If you were going to tell a retailer that's listening to this right now, hey, listen, these are the three things that you have to zero in on right now for 2024, what would they be? Ooh, three things. So, or five or 10. Three or five things. Sounds good. Uh, first and foremost, I, I think what we're hearing a lot from the chief technology officers of these types of companies is that they don't want to be the chief implementation officers. They want to be the chief technology officers. Now, the common denominator across the entire C-suite is going to be driving sales 
and it's going to be providing good customer experiences, et cetera, but everyone is going to come at that a little bit differently. So as I was saying, that idea around joint business planning, we've literally been whiteboarding with post-it notes to understand what the value, short-term value versus long-term value is of building out a tech stack that is going to give out the outcomes that drive sales and better customers, ex customer experiences. Now, it's that chief, chief implementation officer bit, that is very real for a lot of folks on the tech side. So we're looking at all of these different siloed data sources that are really needing to be connected in order to take advantage of the AI because your AI outputs are only gonna be as good as your data inputs. Number one would be, what are the outputs that you want? Let's work backwards from that. And really just those customer scenarios of looking at big picture of what is possible and then what data sources need to be connected in order for that to happen. So unifying the data state, figuring out where the data state needs to be unified and what needs to happen in order to short-term goals versus long-term goals. It doesn't have to be everything at once. I think that's really important. Looking at where that where we need to do that. Then there's also data enrichment. Do you understand the 360 degree view of who your customer is at any point in the day, wherever they're at, across channels? What is that customer journey and where are you missing? So we're having lots of conversations around that as well. What are the tools you're using to analyze your data? Are you using insight extraction tools and what data sources are they connected to? So what are you getting the full picture? I'm really excited personally around generative AI when it comes to insight extraction, because throughout my entire life as a marketer, it's been how do we identify the best segments, the best keywords, the best channels, the best content? And now we have these tools readily available to us that can start combining this data and giving us answers in real time through natural language querying. If anyone that has ever listened to this has lived inside of a giant pivot table that's pulling together seven different <laughs> Excel spreadsheets, this is a very exciting moment. And all of that is work that's done so that you can supercharge that data through your activation levers. Activation levers being marketing, advertising, CTV, whatever it may be, whatever is working for you and your customer and elevating that experience, even the e-commerce experiences, improving product detail pages, et cetera. So those, I would say, are the four things that we've been talking about quite a bit. I always give this example because I am a very busy mom of twin toddlers. They're not toddlers anymore. They're five. So twin kindergartners. And I am having to do things very last minute. And my pain point in life is that I am a procrastinator. I just do things last minute. I shop last minute. I'm just a last minute person because there's not enough time in the day. And from a customer standpoint, I think generative AI implemented into the retail experience just taps into and really solves a, an issue that I really struggle with as a customer and as a mom. How do I fit more into my day and get what my family needs quickly and deliver to my home so I have it in two hours or less? Uh, because my world is continuing to move faster and everyone else's is too. So uh, I think that it, I think that just understanding of the customer that retailers are realizing and having those stacks available 
is, is, is super important. Ben, I want to talk to you, speaking of pain points, what type of pain points are you seeing with some of the retailers that you are working with? I can imagine just dealing with such gigantic data sets and also dealing with executives and, and implementers that don't really understand, or maybe they do understand, but maybe even communicating that to other members of the team would be a potential pain point. But is that something that you're seeing or are there other pain points that you are seeing as well? And how are you solving that for the retailers that you work with? Sure. Yeah. So, so the two biggest pain points that I deal with most frequently, um, the first one is this friction or perceived friction of the shopping experience where you need to physically go somewhere and then you need to actually shop and maybe you don't know exactly what you're looking for. And then the sales associate comes and maybe helps you, maybe just tries to sell you on something. And then you have to go to the register and they have to ring you and so on and so forth. The whole concept of a modern retail space is aimed at reducing all of that friction to get the customer to be able to buy the goods and in and out with an informed purchase is exactly what they wanted. So with the advent and adoption of AI, that's something that is is capable of happening. But on top of that, there are other there are other pieces of technology that can help, such as augmented reality is a big one where maybe you go into a grocery store and you hold up your phone to a section and it shows you all of the nutrition values and maybe recipes for a specific item, that kind of thing. And like you're saying, with kids and anyone who has a kid at that age knows that going shopping for anything is friction in and of itself. So maybe adding some sort of gamification to the shopping experience where you can go in and have your phone and the kid needs to go find virtual medals in the store. And when they do, maybe they win a branded NFT that lets them then get some sort of bonus or something, right? It's this concept of friction list shopping. The other big thing that that I've noticed is it's I guess it's along the same lines as frictionless shopping um, is the ability for the customer to walk out of the store with a product exactly with what they want. So before we had cash, we had check and we had credit cards. And as technology grows and the ability to communicate Uh, sensitive information grows. We have things like wallets now where you can use Amazon Pay, Apple Pay, Google Pay, all that fun stuff. The concept of pay by link or pay by text also allows the customer to leave the store. And to a lesser extent, but potentially still growing is the concept of cryptocurrency. And again, going back to this whole concept of frictionless shopping. And then the other thing, like I've been saying in the past, is this differentiation of yourself versus your competitor. For example, Canada Goose is a good example of this. They have these cold rooms in some of their stores where you literally put on the jacket, you walk into the cold room, and then they simulate like negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit. So you can prove that this jacket really is better than X, Y, and Z competitor. So really this differentiation of market and customer experience is, is the two big 
pain points and opportunities that I see that customers have these days. I love this gamification of <laughs> the grocery store. And part of the reason I tell my friends that my, my kids have not seen the inside of a Whole Foods. Maybe they've seen one four times in their life and they're five years old and we shop at Whole Foods. That's our grocery store that's closest to us. And I would think that I would be more inclined to take them to the grocery store if that existed. You're absolutely right. It is such a pain to take the kids to the grocery store. It just, and two of them running all over the place, forget it. I just don't, I just don't do it. The surprise and delight can come from the Amazon boxes being delivered and they can open that and have a ball in the house and in a contained environment. Quickly, I want to ask you both, since we are on the precipice of 2024 and the future of digitalization is happening minute by minute, right? What are some of your predictions and hopes of what you would like to see in the next year and into the next five years? Michelle, I'm going to start with you first. I love the gamification piece as well. I mean, from a personal standpoint and from my kids' standpoint. So I have a four and a half year old also. And so the gamification piece, it's it's the way they're growing up too. I have a four and a half year old, a 10 year old and an almost two year old. And my 10 year old, that's how she engages with friends is through gaming, is through things like Roblox. So I think when I think about the future, far in the future, her as a consumer that gamification aspect, I don't see how it couldn't be a part of it. The combination of Web3, AR, retail media, I think all of those things will come together in very interesting ways in the future. From a, just summarizing a bit, what I was saying prior to this, what I'm really excited about is that democratization of data between operational data and customer signal data to come up with new and innovative ways through insight extraction, how we should be engaging with customers. It's going to come up, there's going to be some really interesting things around that. And also just the proliferation of what's to come with generative AI has totally blown my mind. Like my favorite example of how I've been using generative AI on a daily basis is actually with my four and a half year old who consistently needs a new story every single night, every single night I am in story jail and I'm so tired from the end of my work day. And I have prompts at the ready now that I go in and like, tell me a story about Ava Poppy and her dog Butters in the magical forest. It's whatever it may be. And in the style of Dr. Seuss, boom, I get a story. I get a whole four stanzas that I can say, okay, we're good now. Good night. I love you. <laughs> that is that literally the future of AI. I always say that generative AI is driven by parental need. Yeah, I think you might be right about that. Yes, it is just make our lives easier, please. Ben, what are you seeing into 2024? And what do you see in terms of some of the hopes that you have for retail? Yeah, what I can see is especially when we're talking about the in-store experience, it's customer walks into a store and as soon as they walk in their phone dings and they get the current things that are on sale, but also the store has the ability to grab their social media inputs, their most recent purchases, their most recent Google searches, things like that. And they get sent targeted advertisements and really help, again, help the customer to make 
a faster and better informed decision when they're shopping. So that's something that I could see in the next year or two. That's very close, close on the horizon. Yeah. And a, a hope of mine is really with the advent of all of this technology, but still having the presence of sales associates and cashiers and sales representatives, my hope is their lives turn into how do I give this quality to the customer that maybe technology can't give, right? How do I bring that personal touch to the customer? That's really, maybe that's the differentiation in your brand is the people that you're working with. And so my hope is with the advent of all of this technology and the adoption of, of everything from AI to uh, augmented reality to everything that we've already talked about is to enable the boots on the ground to provide quality customer interactions so that the customer experience becomes something that they want to experience over and over again and build that loyalty. Absolutely. I think the customer experience is so crucial. And I have to say some of the best interactions that I've had just shopping wise have been from customer service, real humans that have had conversations with me about my life and me connecting with them. In fact, I have to go buy a refrigerator and I keep going back to the same place because this woman and I connected with each other seven years ago. And I still remember that story and I still remember that connection and I will not waver from this appliance retailer. Yeah. So I think you're onto something, Ben. And I want to thank both of you, Michelle Fisher and Ben Emchin, for being on this second episode of our podcast. It's been such a pleasure to speak to both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode and if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.